Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright bullies from pulling the wool on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. It's no secret that work is changing for lots and lots of people due to technology mainly. And uh, in a future podcast, I think we're certainly going to try and dig in uh, into the very concept of the future of work and what that means. But for today's podcast, I actually wanted to focus on something a bit more narrow and something that's more of the present rather than the future. Uh, on an earlier podcast, we discussed the nature of distance work and telecommuting and how it was now more common, thanks in large part to technology. But that's not the only way in which the work environment has changed over the last few years. Really, in I'd say probably the last five to ten years, we've seen a massive rise in things like co-working spaces in which startups, freelancers, and small businesses uh, get to work in an environment like a larger company, but with a bunch of other companies around as well. These used to be called things like incubators, but co-working spaces are, I think, a little bit different. And personally, I've, I find them fascinating. And the fact that they've been um, growing up and increasing really, really interesting. Uh, I've used and worked in a variety of different co-working spaces around the Bay Area, and I've been amazed at just how many of them are now available. Some are tiny, sort of one, you know, one building or one floor of a building shops, and some are mid-sized with a few locations, and then there are a few massive ones. Uh, the one that lots of people talk about is a company called WeWork, uh, which is valued at many billions of dollars and is trying to turn co-working into a big business with locations all over the place. One other related aspect uh, to all this that I wanted to also discuss um, was that many of the co-working spaces, so certainly not all, operate on a massive open layout with open desks that people can just grab at will. Um, some of them also have dedicated offices or desks. But this trend of an open office is also uh, incredibly popular in Silicon Valley uh, with, with larger companies as well and sort of came about as, I think, a backlash to drab cubicles and with the belief that an open layout may lead to more collaboration and more communication. There's actually been something of a backlash on open layouts recently as well, so I figure we can discuss that as part of this discussion as, as, uh, as well. But overall, the idea that open layouts seem to be uh, popular as uh, a more modern form of, of the workplace is something that's really interesting. So for today's podcast, I wanted to talk about it. And so we've got our usual co-host, Dennis Yang, and a special last-minute guest co-host in Lee Beaton uh, to talk about these trends and how small businesses and individual contributors are, are working today. And so we'll start to just uh, let everyone know in terms of uh, the most obvious question here of whether or not you are working now or have worked in the past uh, in a co-working space. And Dennis, you get yeah. to go first. <laughs> um, well, the, I'm actually sitting in, in our co-working space right now. Um, we are working out of the Samsung Accelerator, which is, I guess you mentioned, 
you know, the whole incubator accelerator concept before. Yeah. Um, I mean, this one is more, it's, it's actually, it's kind of co-working in that, you know, there's one big open layout. Um, it's actually an amazing office with like a gorgeous view of the Bay Bridge. And, um, but there's not, I mean, there's, there's also another aspect of co-working that a lot of offices have, which is kind of this hoteling concept. Right. Um, where, you know, there are the, like hot desks where people can kind of come in. Right. Um, and I've worked at both type of facilities. And I don't, I mean, like, there's, you know, I don't know where you want to get started, but co-working mm -hmm. to me, like, seems like there's a whole bunch of companies sharing one open space. And I've done, like, a whole bunch of, you know, experiences like that where, you know, and it's, I think the concept of it is, like, it's kind of, you know, they pitch it as better than having your own space because you can kind of mingle with other people. Right. Um, there's def yeah, there's definitely like a shared resource um, yeah. thing, which is good. Yeah, and it also usually co-working spaces include like there'll be some like conference rooms or meeting rooms so you can have meetings there. Right. And th things that, and obviously they usually provide most of the furniture and internet access and stuff like that. So you don't have to go through the hassles of basically setting up your own office. Right. And that, that part is amazing, right? Like the, the fact that, you know, the very first day we walked in here, um, we plugged our laptops and we, we hooked up to the Wi-Fi and we were good. We were good. Right. Like right. These, these days, that's all you really need. Um, I mean, this space goes as far as to give us an, a, an actual really nice monitor. I mean, it is it is run by Samsung. So that so that's, you know, they have tons of <laughs> Samsung monitors. Sitting oh, around. yeah. I didn't um, make that connection. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, that stuff is really nice. Right? The fact that I didn't have to talk to anybody about like getting my Internet hooked up. I didn't have to talk to any about about, you know, reserving conference rooms. But, you know, this one has snacks and sodas um, right. and, you know, lunch on Thursdays, that kind of thing. And uh, it, it really kind of goes a long way to when you're starting up a small, you know, a company, all of these incidentals do kind of add up in time and energy. And we can really focus on working like immediately. Right. right. So, so that side's really amazing, I think. Um, you know, on, on the flip side, you know, we were working from like basically my living room for the first six months of our company. And it was really nice to not even like, not even care about how loud we were or, <laughs> uh, you know, like a lot of times we just kind of stand up and start like debating some concepts over, you know, how, how the business is going. And, and the other day, one of the other companies actually turned to us and was like, Hey, uh, come on, come on guys. <laughs> Interesting. It, yeah. And, and we were, we kind of realized like, Oh, huh? Like, sorry. Like, <laughs> You know, we just were working, and and sometimes working when you're working physically physically together, you need to chat and and yell at each other, um, and that can be disruptive. So you know, it's good and bad. All right, and and Lee, uh, now I know for a fact that you haven't worked in a co-working space, right? No, I mean I've been in the one that TechDirt has used uh, when I was down there once, and. Um, you know, as to the broader question of workspaces changing and being more open and stuff, I've been in a few different offices at sort of different points along that scale. Because, you know, as is often the case, the stuff from Silicon Valley kind of ripples outwards. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so when I was working at the National Post, there were certain people there really pushing to kind of modernize parts of the office, like especially the digital sales teams and stuff like that in a much more Silicon Valley-ish kind of way with opener offices and, you know, right. toys and that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no, as for co-working spaces, I've been in a couple briefly, but I've, I've never worked in one. Yeah, I mean, I think like the whole like 
like the hoteling concept, if, if I remember correctly, I mean, I think like Sun was one of the first companies out here that sort of really embraced that. And they had this idea that like you, you didn't even have a desk, like you would just show up each day and you would, um, I think they even had where you would like, you know, put your laptop in like a locker or something like that. And you could just grab that and, you know, then just go find a place to work. Um, and there may yeah. have been. And like you, you, I've heard of other other companies having kind of like, you know, hot directories where you, know, you could just sit down at any desk and and the system would know where you were. So if they needed to find you, you could kind of easily find each other, that kind of thing. And, it, you know, and I think that that's I've always I've always thought that was kind of a neat concept. Um, but in my experience, like people kind of like, you know, having their their space, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like I don't know what's really gained by that. I mean, maybe in certain working environments with certain things that are going on, but uh, that seems like a, what's really gained by moving de from desk to desk all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll say even like as someone who's actually used a whole bunch of co-working spaces, and I'll talk about that in a minute, um, like even when I go to, to certain ones where um, that I've used where it, it is open seating and you sort of, you know, find a space and you grab it like i have my favorite spaces <laughs> and i'm always annoyed yeah, like, i mean we're, oh, we're creatures of habit <laughs> yeah someone else is in my good spot <laughs> and I so mean, we've all been in like... high school lunchrooms <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it does it does have that feeling to it so anyway so so yeah in terms of, of stuff for me like like um like tech church offices itself have been in in sort of different co-working um, places, but I mean, the, the, where our offices have been, we've had our offices in basically two different buildings um, over the past decade, and um, both of them are, you know, technically sort of co-working spaces, but they're really, you know, they don't have, um, neither of them has sort of big open uh, office plans. They were very much like, you know, you had your area as a company and and that was yours and in fact the the second building the building that we're in now is is very much offices and suites um, right. and right. so it's it's not that sort of big open area because it was the previous one that i was in right yeah you were yeah. in the you when you were down here you were in the 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 old one which um was much bigger but it, it did have like you would you know there were a lot of cubicles and stuff and and then conference rooms um but it was still like each person sort of had their own area or, or, or sorry, each company basically had their own region. Yeah. You I know? mean, my main memory of that is that it felt like a maze for one thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of had a, you really had to know where you were going, especially where we were, were based. We moved to, th we, we had a few different locations in that building uh, over the years we, we moved around. But uh, when you were down there, we were really sort of packed in the middle of this maze, which was, you know, it was a little weird. And that was that was sort of, you know, we were mostly in sort of cubicles and sort of went back to like the old the old way of work where, where everything was cubicles, which mm -hmm. uh, has its pros and cons. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, having worked in I've also worked in a bunch of co-working spaces, you know, uh, in particular, like we're based down in Silicon Valley, um, where our main office space is, but I end up working up in, in San Francisco proper pretty frequently. Um, and so over the years, I found it pretty useful to be able to, you know, to hop into co-working spaces. And that's one thing that like, um, you know, there are different companies and different individuals use co-working spaces in different ways. So some people use them certainly right, as right. like, you know, 
the place that they work every day, like, like Dennis, you know, you're, that's where you guys go every day. Um, and you know, my office space, I go normally every day, but, but also there's the ability to just sort of like pop in. Um, and usually those work where like you just sort of pay a day rate or you, you know, you get a pack of, of days and you use them. Um, there was one co-working space that I used for about a year in San Francisco. That was, um, that was so inexpensive that we just got, I just got a monthly, pass so i could just go in anytime and i you know would use it you know maybe once or twice a week um but now now i use i, I use one that that i or i can just use like days i have a certain number of days um yeah i mean there there is kind of one in between that i tried for a little while which is the mm-hmm. coffee shop right? yes and i was gonna say that's that's also you know in fact many of the co-working spaces to some extent like almost they feel, feel like, like a coffee like, shop yeah, yeah. Like a more um, coffee shop. And I always hated the coffee shop uh, because... Why? Well, so so the reason is this, you know, like, so my current co-working space, you know, I like because I have my monitor, I can kind of plug in everything and it's my own space. That's great, right? Yeah. Working at home, same thing. I got my own space and whatever. Um, but the coffee shop, I feel like I just feel very disconnected from, like, from being grounded and like when i go to the coffee shop i'm looking for a good spot finally find one you kind of get all settled and then like that one doesn't have a plug and then right, like, right and then then you finally find the spot with a plug and then you're like uh i gotta go to the bathroom like maybe someone here will watch my laptop for <laughs> yeah. you know so there's just all these little little things that add up and i know some people love working at coffee shops um yep. and I also, I also find myself kind of incessantly distracted at a coffee shop even though the I have an open layout office here, you know, and there's people walking around, there's people talking all the time. Um, coffee shop activity is just much more disruptive to my kind of work train huh. of thought. Just like the constant buzz of people walking around and ordering coffee, and and the, I don't know, like even though I have headphones in, the the chatter just seems kind of a little bit more distracting. But that just could be it. it could just be me and the fact that I don't drink coffee, so I feel really bad as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that there are a lot of people who really, really enjoy the the coffee shop mm-hmm. working, and uh, I can do it, but I I yeah. generally don't prefer it. Um, and like for me, the the two things are, are sort of the same two things that you sort of mentioned, like the the fight for a plug, <laughs> yeah, and um, and the fact that you sort of have to guard your stuff, you right? Know, like just getting up to go to the bathroom is like, oh, do I have to pack up my computer and take it with me to make sure it doesn't get stolen <laughs> right and in, in that same vein i mean i'm also not a big fan of the hoteling spaces that you were describing right like if i right. if i go visit if i'm visiting someplace out of town i'll much rather just go find you know like either work in my hotel room i guess which is ironic because that's an actual hotel room um <laughs> right or i guess sometimes i'll even find like a, a friend's office and, and kind of set up camp for the week yeah you know, in in that friend's office so I suppose I'm much more of a nester than I realized. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and other options too, like, so I've definitely, you know, I've definitely used friends' offices. Um, yeah, mine included. I was about to say, including yours uh, fairly frequently. Um, and then two other things that I found that I've, I've used when I've been traveling um, that have been really useful. One is public libraries. Um, huh. uh, you know, almost all of them have free Wi-Fi. They're very quiet. Uh, that can be really useful. So I've, I've used those in a bunch of different places. Uh, you know, finding a, a local public library to work out of is actually 
uh, pretty pretty good. And then the other thing is like uh, what used to be called Kinkos, <laughs> um, but is now I guess FedEx offices. Yeah, FedEx is, is Kinkos gone now. It's FedEx. They've gotten yeah, rid of that moniker. They, they got rid of the Kinkos name, and now yeah. it's all FedEx or FedEx offices. And so you you have to make sure it's like a real like full what used to be a Kinko's as opposed to like just a like drop off place for FedEx packages. Right. But right. a lot of them will have just like open desks and you can, you know, some of them, like it's, it's weird. Like sometimes you can just go in and just, you know, work. And right. so I, I've done that. Uh, like I, don't I like Mc, McDonald's has free Wi-Fi now, right? Yeah. And like so Panera, Panera Bread. Panera, and like Panera a, a has free Wi-Fi, which I but, wonder but, like, you know, in, intraday, like not doing meal times. Um, like I, I, I know someone that I used to know that used to work at a Panera all the time because yeah. of that, because like basically like the shoulder times between breakfast and lunch, between lunch and dinner, there's nobody in there and they're open and there's free Wi-Fi, Right. So, yeah. And that was actually cool. like, you know, kind of what Panera had said actually w w when they were discussing, cause they were one of the first to offer free Wi-Fi, and they basically yeah. said oh. like, it actually brings in people during those times because people don't want to be there working right. during like the busy. meal times. Yeah. And so, but it's great for like, you know, between those times where you have people who just sit there and work. And so then, you know, they'll buy you know, right. a salad or bread or something. So, um, I mean, I, I think, you know, what I'm wondering about this whole discussion is in terms of overall biz, like resource utilization rates, like mm -hmm. does co-working like improve at all, right? Do we, do we have fewer offices kind of sitting fallow? Um, like I know from the company side, it's a lot easier to take on a co-working like just rent one desk at a time for example right um you know like our team grew from three to four to five within the past few you know few months and if we would have had to have rent like at least a, an office to capacity plan for the next 10 years like that would be insane right right um but the, the fact that we're just able to be like hey you know we know that we need another desk and then we get one um, it's like or this person's you know no longer here and then you kind of relinquish the desk and um, I feel like that flexibility maybe allows for better utilization from like a building resource perspective. And I'm, yeah. I don't know, that, that's a hypothesis. No, no, I, 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 I think it, it probably does. And, and I, you know, and I wonder if that sort of explains like just how many co-working spaces are showing up in San Francisco in particular, right? I mean, that's the yeah. market I'm, I'm most familiar with. And there was a period of time where I was kind of looking for good co-working space, and I sort of mapped out like every co-working space. And they, um, ra they range in price like wildly, oh, right? Massively. I mean, it's it, the the range in price is is ridiculous, and and you know I'm somewhat surprised sometimes when I see like some of the most popular co-working spaces, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I know I know what you must be paying for that, and that doesn't make sense. But but um, you know, I mean, there are different people have different reasons for for going to different co-working spaces. Yeah, I think it. I, I definitely felt a shift a few years ago, where co-working used to be. Like the, it used to be the story where someone had an office, right? That was kind of too big for them, and then they were like, "Well, let's let's rent out like a few desks." Right. Um, in our in our office, we you know we signed this lease for ten years, and we have enough space for thirty people, and we only have ten, so right. we'll kind of rent out twenty desks. And now, like, it's almost like people prefer co working to renting out their own own offices. And as such, like, I think the the companies that really cater to that high end of the market are seeing it not as like a cost savings. Um, but as really as like a, a value add, right? Like, so you're actually paying more per desk than if you would have kind of leased the entire office yourself and set up the own internet and, you know, brought in your own snacks and all that stuff, um, which yeah. is crazy. 
but yeah. you know, someone's paying for it. Well, there yeah. is sort of like a like a corporate culture aspect too, right? I mean, there's a certain type of company mentality that is increasingly old fashioned where it's like, until you lease this amazing office space in an amazing place or better still build your own, then you're, you haven't like, that's a sign of status. Right. And I think people are to some degree less caring, caring less about that, at least in certain types of companies, especially internet companies, obviously. I mean, I don't know. Like when you, when you, Rent out a WeWork desk. It's pretty fancy. <laughs> um, and oh no, I, I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But the idea that like you have to have a big building with your name on it that everyone sees. That I mean, some companies still want to do that. But I, I mean, obviously that's not. I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, seem like I, I the would say like goal. one thing that I, I'll say is like I think the stigma of working in sort of a co-working space has it's definitely gone. gone away. It's gone. You know, there there was a period where it was like you know, you wouldn't want to hold a meeting there or you had sort of like before the, before you sort of had co-working, right. There, there was like, um, uh, like, like co- Oh, you guys are at a co-working space. Right. And you had a couple, there were a couple big companies like in the, in the, the sort of earlier times where they would sort of disguise the co-working spaces. Yeah. So you had like, like Regis and, um, what was it? There was another one I checked out like many, many years ago, like 15 years ago. It was like, I think it was actually called like HQ.com or yeah. something. And I think Regis ended up buying them. Because that, I think their customers were more like individual contractors that were trying to yeah, it, appear it, larger than you were. Exactly. Right? So it was either like that situation where you had someone who was trying to appear larger or it would be like, you know, a big company that was like based in New York and wanted to set up oh. a, you know, like California office and they would only have one person here so it wouldn't be worth, right. you know, buying something. But those places were really designed like, you know, they would be like big fancy offices and you would have a receptionist but it would be like, everything would be vague so you couldn't quite tell <laughs> like, <laughs> is, does everyone work here for the same company or not? You know, they would sort of leave everything sort of general but, you know, you could sort of pretend that the whole place was your office <laughs> if you wanted to. It's a little, little deceitful I think, um, but nowadays, like you know, like hosting a, a meeting at a co-working space is there's. I don't think there's any stigma, stigma attached to that at all. At least in Silicon Valley, I mean, people no. sort of expect it. I mean, the number of meetings I end up having with people at WeWork in particular um, is, is quite a lot. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I, I do wonder what the rest of the commercial real estate industry thinks about WeWork, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's sort of an interesting tangent, but but one worth digging into, right? Because so WeWork is sort of like they're they're I guess the Microsoft of the co-working. I don't know what the, the Google of the co-working spaces. <laughs> I mean they're sort of massive, and they yeah. bought up you know tons of buildings all over the place, and um and and you know big you know fancy setups. It's it's a little more expensive than most of the other co-working spaces. They're the right. Starbucks but, of the co-working spaces. Okay, perhaps the Starbucks <laughs> of the co-working spaces, and and. But, but you know, part of their whole messaging and and pitch is like they want to be seen as sort of a technology company and valued like a technology company rather than a real estate company. Right. And there's this, you know, there are people who are like, but wait, your underlying business, your is real estate, right? No different <laughs> than a real estate business, but you're being valued at, you know, technology multiples. Um, right. I think like last year someone had done some study where, their dollar, their valuation per user is like four hundred thousand dollars per user or something. Really, something, something insane. Where, um, yeah, I think it was in the Polo period. It, this was in twenty fifteen. Uh, valuation per user, we work as four hundred thirty four thousand seven hundred eighty three dollars per user. Wow. And and then and in comparison, Uber 
had a $5,150 per dollar per user. Per user. Interesting. Um, and Airbnb is 1000 right? So that's, it, I mean, given given this chart, it's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, but to be clear, like, you know, from what I've seen and sort of what the WeWork people have said, like, they have visions of something yeah. even, you know, grander and they want to provide a lot more. Right. Whereas, and they're know, also holding huge buildings, which... You know, maybe can like I don't know I don't know how that plays into the valuation as well. Yeah. Um, so it's I think it's it's just weird kind of valuing them and and putting them up against like a tech type valuation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting and you know certainly raise questions about like you know if there's a a crash or like you know especially in you know WeWork is all over the place but like if there's a crash in sort of startups and and suddenly people don't want to use those spaces um you know what happens to a company like we work right i mean they still have the buildings right but they're they're you know 10 billion dollar valuation which is based on the fact that you know they have this like tech type valuation or tech type revenue growth might be might be kind of hampered if that ha that happens so yeah on the yeah. flip side right like that is one of the potential pros of co-working spaces for the people using them, right? Is that if things go bad or there's a crash yep. or whatever, you're not saddled with these huge expensive buildings that you own, totally. right? I mean, that's coming from working in newspapers a bunch. Every newspaper is dealing with that. They don't have any money, but they all own these gigantic prestigious buildings that- Right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of which have, have since been sold. Yeah. Um, you know, the, like <laughs> there's the, the famous, uh, in Oakland, the Oakland Tribune building, where the Oakland Tribune is no longer there, but it still has the big Oakland Tribune sign on the top. Um, right. And you have others, other stories like that as well. Um, and, you know, and like, I mean, lots of people out here in Silicon Valley certainly remember the, the dot-com, the original dot-com uh, bubble and, and bursting of the bubble. And a lot of the companies that went down went down because of the crazy leases that they had signed. They'd signed mm -hmm. like these massive 20 year leases on giant buildings. Um, and it was actually that, 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 that caused a bunch of those companies to go under. Um, you know, I mean, I think there is still a difference between the larger companies when you, you know, you get to a point where you do need your own space and your own buildings. And certainly that there's still plenty of that going on. There's lots of fighting, Again, in San Francisco in particular, there's lots of fighting over over space. Um, but, you know, the ability of, of startups and smaller companies or even, you know, individuals to not need to, you know, go out and commit to a big lease up front um, and do things like, Dennis, you were saying before, like estimating exactly how fast you're going to grow and how much space you're going to need up front right. is, is a pretty huge benefit. Yeah, and it allows us to focus on yeah, working, which is nice. Right, right. So um, I want to get back a little bit to sort of like the, and and maybe this is just my own fascination. <laughs> uh, so maybe you guys can say like, well, we didn't think about any of that. But uh, I, I find it interesting the different sort of setups of these places. Um, and like, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about like hoteling versus having your own space. Right. Um, but like... And I can't quite understand why, having visited a bunch of these either for meetings or actually working out of them or, or doing things, like some co-working spaces just feel a lot more comfortable than others. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if that's like, I, I'm guessing a lot of that's sort of personal taste. Um, and some of it, you know, it's just 
the way different things are set up, but but some of them just feel like really welcoming <laughs> and some of them feel more hostile. I, I actually, there was one, and I can't even remember which one this was, but I remember when I was researching co-working spaces, there was one that literally said like, um, you couldn't sign up to be a member. You had to like go there and you know say that you were interested in being a member and then like spend a day there first and they would sort of judge you in terms of whether or not they liked you and were willing to have you join and like that amount of pressure seemed too much <laughs> to me even though i was like oh well i could get a you don't want to be day. judged yeah <laughs> yeah but just the idea that i'd be sitting there and everybody thinking like do we like this guy do we let him in i like i was like i don't I don't want to be in that club. <laughs> so I never, I never checked out that place. Yeah. That's remember. weird. I would walk right away from that as well. Yeah. Like it freaked me out too. Like at least, you know, with other places, there were, there were a couple places I went to that, that like would give you a free day. Like I'll come, you know, check it out, try it out. Um, and I did that in a few places and, you know, and there, you know, that was cool. Like I could sort of alert them ahead of time and, you know, make sure it was okay. As opposed to like just showing up and, and hoping, um, and now, I, I mean, I've even seen some that are like trying to do like hourly charges too, not even like day rates. I think it's more common to do day rate ones. But um, And then there's even, I, I mean, we should mention, Dennis, I know you've worked out of this place and I've worked out of there too, which is um, uh, one of the big law firms here in Silicon Valley, Wilson Sonsini. Yep. They actually have a co-working space in San Francisco, which is basically like if you're a client, you can use it. Yeah. It's great. We worked out of there a bunch of times. Yeah. And, and I, I've worked out of there a few times, not that often, but a few times. And it's sort of an, you know, that's like a nice little perk for, for, you know, people who are customers of that. And there may be other law firms in, in around that, that do that as well. Yeah. Um, and then even like you're saying now you're in like Samsung's accelerator. So it's not even like, that's not an open one that anyone can just join. Nope. Um, as opposed to a bunch of the ones that the the other ones that are around so it's kind of interesting all the different models and all the different ways in which they're they're sort yeah. of set up and I, and I and i actually worked out of uh, universal mccann um had a bunch of office space free up after they lost uh, microsoft as their, their key <laughs> client i think and as a, they, they turned kind of you know lemons and lemonade they, they ran a really cool um co-working space um here in san francisco and, we, and i was there for a little while um and i think that there's definitely an opportunity for 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 companies with office space to to leverage the fact that they have all the space and they have like facilities um, you know staff to kind of keep those you know facilities running they have Wi-Fi they have all this stuff and yeah. there's really flexible ways to well that and, and run things yeah that actually brings up another thing which is like um, which is true which is that a bunch of big companies are sort of trying to do things and there's there is like there's a service called I think it's ShareDesk. Um, and there may be a few others that basically yeah. do allow like Airbnb for for you know, for extra co-working. desks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I've looked it over. I've never actually used used one of those, but I've definitely like sort of checked them out at times. Um, and you know that's that's potentially an interesting thing too, because then you have the situation where you do have a larger company that does need a larger space, but they can actually put you know they can get better utilization out of it as well which gets back to that point that you were raising earlier about you know more efficient use of of office space yeah exactly and i think that that's you know we're we're in a day and age now where that information of you know who has free office space and who needs office space is actually it's much easier to make those connections now yeah Um, 
So, and, and not just from a space perspective, but you know, it's the idea behind co-working that we've kind of mentioned is that you do meet other people, right? So working in my kitchen, I basically meet my, you know, hang out with my dog and that's it. <laughs> but working in a co-working space, you do, you know, you do talk with people that you wouldn't have um, met with before, especially if they're not, you know, exactly in your same company. And, and that definitely is really helpful. Um, yeah. And certainly a lot of co-working spaces like have meet and greets and events and, you know, either right. they, they'll have like lunches or like, you know, bring in pizza or do drinks or something. Yeah. I was actually yeah. just going to ask about, ask you guys what your thoughts were on that, because one of the things that I, you know, do think is really cool with some of the traditional offices that are modernizing and becoming more open and more collaborative and such is that some have done a pretty good job of making really interesting events, whether that's, you know, bringing in genuinely interesting speakers and or having, you know, sometimes it's more fun stuff. Sometimes they'll even bring in performers of various kinds, whatever. Is that, you know, is that easier to do in a co-working space with a bunch of companies or is it harder or is it different? Because that's something I've seen, you know, big companies that own their office space start to do increasingly, yeah. right? So it's definitely easier. Like we, you know, we run um, a monthly meetup for kind of bot developers here. And it's been great because we just kind of tell the office person that we're running a meetup and they they take care of it all. They set up the chairs. They, it's it's amazing. It's essentially like you know being part of a co-working space. You can you have this, you know, all these resources at your disposal that traditionally I like previously when we ran our own, own meetups, I would run to Costco and buy the beer, and we would have to figure out set the chairs up, and you know it's like all these little things that definitely it's it's really nice to kind of be have someone to work with. Yeah, hmm. and and sometimes I mean I think it depends on the the co-working space. Like there was one that I was that I was using for, uh, I used for about a year. Um, this was a few years ago, which the co-working space itself was very much set up like they actually wanted to have not just like startups, um, but they really wanted like artists uh, yeah. there as well. And so it was like, you know, the place had sort of, you know, open desks and it had some some conference rooms and offices, but they also had like a full art studio and hmm. like, you know, machinery for like, you know, I don't know, building stuff. <laughs> no, you I know. never really went into that part of it, but it, it <laughs> I was mean, there. There's, um, there's you know, tech I, shop. There's tech shop here in yeah. San Francisco, which is awesome. Yeah. If you have a, a hardware startup or even you just have a personal project, you sign up for tech shop, tech shop and you have access to like laser, laser print, laser cutters, uh, water jets, welders. You know, it's like, it's kind of like a gym for, yeah. you know, machinery machine like a machine shop which is yeah. amazing yeah. i hadn't there, thought yeah. of that before but i mean the artist thing is interesting because in a way like a lot of this co-working space stuff is companies following in the footsteps that artists have been in for a while right like the idea of shared artist studio spaces and stuff that's been around for a long time yeah totally totally and it's it is interesting i think you're right that they you know some of these are pulling from and, and that one in particular that that i was in they very much were sort of trying to you know meld those two things because I remember, you know, they would have like speakers come in that were, you know, like you had your, like, you know, how to, you know, growth hack, you know, your, your startup. And then the next night it would be like, you know, how to sew fancy designs or something like, right. There, there's like, you know, how to play the mandolin, right. They had all different kinds of, um, you know, speakers that were you know you wouldn't normally see you know for for one or, or or the other of those that then they sort of tried to mix it across the um the different types of people who were there um cool 
Though I have yeah. seen companies like standalone companies with traditional offices try to do a similar thing as well and mix up who they bring in and stuff. So, I mean, it's not that's not exclusive to a mixed yeah. space like that. But yeah. no, 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 I know. But I think, you know, part of the idea is just sort of like the cross fertilization. Yeah. Um, I was brought in to do a magic show at an office once. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's yeah, interesting. That's <laughs> it was like a high tech. I, I, I'm blanking now on what the company was. It wasn't a huge name, but it was a very high tech office space. And they had right. Right, like weekly after work events, which they had a whole space and lounge set up for and beer in the fridge and that kind of thing. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Lee's magic show, go to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still processing what Dennis said about buying beer at Costco. I always forget you can do things like that in America. <laughs> uh, well, it depends on where in America. Right. It depends because... on where in Canada, too, I guess. But I live in Ontario, which is one of the most strict uh, provinces about that kind of thing. <laughs> I see. Yeah. No, it's sort of a state by state thing. In yeah. California, you can you can buy those things in Costco and other other parts of the country you have dedicated stores for it right yeah <laughs> um so anyway so so just to close out the one other thing which um which i mentioned in the opening we didn't really talk about we talked we sort of mentioned it here and there but like the whole like open offices versus i mean cubicles are definitely sort of out of fashion these days but like you know actual offices or, or even suites um do do you I guys mean, have I think the the open office is definitely on trend right now. There's I, I I'm hearing of certain backlash of people wishing that they had their own spaces, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that in an open office, like look around you and see how many people have headphones in. Yeah. So essentially, that's like people trying to get their own space within these open offices, right? So. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I think like the open office setup has been a real boon to like yeah. uh, headphone sellers. <laughs> 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 because you you need good headphones to sort of block everything out. I mean, yeah, there's definitely. a scale too, right? Because there's, you know, there's offices where you are completely sealed in tiny cubicles and it feels like you're completely alone. There's offices that are so open that it's like you don't feel like you have anything even resembling your own space. I mean, yeah. I've worked in a lot that are somewhat more in between. You know, you have you have a very defined space that is your desk, but it's not sealed off from the world around you by yeah. You know. I mean, you know, like newsrooms have pretty traditionally been pretty open office setups. Yeah. You know, anyways. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and then there's a whole weird thing there because newsrooms, you know, have traditionally had this really hard line in between advertising and editorial <laughs> that is right. now blurred a lot, right? So, you know, as the newspapers were avidly trying to catch up with digital and reform themselves, one part of that was like trying to become even more, you know, tech company-ish in the way they structure their offices and stuff. And I've seen, you know, more than a few unused foosball tables sitting in <laughs> newsrooms and things because they sort of, <laughs> you know, because some, sometimes that stuff is done with a clear vision in mind. Other times they're just sort of grabbing the trappings of it without really understanding the spirit behind it. So it can go either way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I, I still think it's interesting. I mean, I've just been visiting so many of these different places and seeing all different kinds of offices and it just struck me how different it was even than like 10 years ago um, and how, how quickly it sort of changed and how, how common the sort of, you know, uh, especially just the co-working space that it becomes. Yeah. Yeah, like basically I'm too young to have ever worked in a real cubicle. Like that that was practically <laughs> already dead by the time I was working in offices. <laughs> wow, that makes me feel you old. Know? <laughs> I, I definitely worked in cubicles for 
a while. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I had pursued accounting or some other field, then I would have still encountered cubicles. But, uh, you know, in the media world, at least, they were pretty much dead. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, they'll probably make a comeback or some, some variation on it at some point. Or people build, like, little mini huts in offices or something. Well, it's not like the executives are all at the co-working desks. They still have their own offices. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, Not actually, necessarily, yeah. No, okay. It, it, wow. it depends. I mean, some, some, you know, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg famously is, yeah. uh, you know, in an open, you know, in the wide open area. But, you know, also, like, speaking of, of cubicles, I, you know, when I, I worked two decades ago, I worked at Intel, and they were famous for everyone gets a cubicle, um, which, you know, they made it sound like that was a big deal. That was when cubicles were at least semi cool. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, I worked on the same floor and actually in the same, sort of row as Andy Grove, who was the CEO of the company. And yeah, he had a cubicle. And yeah, it was basically the same size as everybody else's cubicle. But what they didn't tell you was like, right next to that cubicle was a big conference room that only Andy Grove got to use. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, okay, yes, he has a cubicle. But yeah, he's also got this private space that he, he gets to use more than anyone else. Um, and so, you know, there, there's always some, you know... Uh, some layers there <laughs> in, in terms of how it's done. But anyways, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting trend. It'll be interesting to see how much it changes in the next few years as well, because it really has changed really fast without, yeah. I think, a lot of people thinking Especially about it. Especially when VR offices come soon. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of it about that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, but you're you're in that Samsung accelerator with their VR stuff sitting yeah, on looking, the shelf. Yeah, looking at them right now. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That Pretty that cool. alone is enough to sell me on wanting to go work at that co-working space. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Pretty awesome. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks, guys. This is an interesting discussion, and thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. 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 If we don't stand up to them, someone will get